What's up guys, Luke here. Uh, this week me and Mark are going to kind of copy what we did with the Matthew McConaughey um, <laughs> speech that we did a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago that got such good reviews and such good feedback that we thought we'd give you guys another one. This week we're going to break down speeches done by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I hope you guys enjoy. This is sponsored by Audible. Audible, um, <laughs> if you guys were looking for a book that would really blow you away, I would look at Total Recall, um, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger's life story. Um, without further ado, I'll kick it over to the guys in studio. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to the, the Shark Pod for this week. Uh, it's me and Mark Baker. The boys are back in town or sitting in there, <laughs> sitting in their, uh, their, off, their home offices right now, recording this uh, as going out. We're box rooms. A couple of box room boys around here. Um, <laughs> Mark was saying, I'm acting a little bit strange here. I've been doing my triathlon training, ran a, a quick 21K after work today. And came in straight to the podcast, so I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling excited about this. I think I was really, I, I did a, a personal best in the run today, and I think it was because I was prepping this um, earlier today, uh, prepping for <laughs> for this kind of special episode. And Mark, this this episode, it kind of it kind of came out of that that weird one that we did back in May with Matthew McConaughey, the the kind of that- speech that he gave that time. Yeah, that was one of the most popular podcasts that we did. Exactly. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are secretly big fans of Matthew McConaughey, and secretly or overt, like a couple, of, like me and you. But the way, the and way I did way. notice, by the way, he did he did see our post on on Instagram, uh, uh, the story. He's wa- he's watching and hopefully listening. Well, if he wants to come on here, he is uh, he's more than welcome. Uh, shout out to Matthew McConaughey. By the way, yeah, I actually got a lot of feedback on that one as well. They people because we were thinking about it beforehand, and you know, we were kind of like, "Is this going to be too weird or whatever?" But uh, people, <laughs> you know, really thought that was a, a good one. So we're going to do something a bit similar today. We're going to rock this out with uh, with our boy Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right. Yeah. So we were kind of running behind schedule with with guests because Luke was on a little staycation. Actually, yeah. I never asked you about that. How was it? Fabulous. Um, we went down there to uh, Kerry first and then over to Cork. Great time. A uh, little bit pricey out there compared to, you know, I could have went to Thailand for a month, but we're... Uh, we're you know, You'd have was, been judged though, heavily. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but it was good. I actually had some weird kind of like cultural experiences out there as well um, that were unexpected. For for example, I it's the, the Gael talked out there, I didn't really, not that I didn't think it was real, but I thought it was a very kind of, uh, you know, very quite well talked in, in the way that all the schools are Irish schools, that type of stuff. But I didn't know if it was like a proper community. Anyway, but when we were out there, we had loads of like Irish run-ins, uh, me and Katie. Um, so we had a, a little cafe out there in the, in the quite well talked, and there was like groups of young people speaking Irish to each other, heartwarming stuff. There was also a really old guy who came in, um, and he was just speaking Irish as well. So it was real. So. Sorry? You didn't feel left out this time that you now that you've uh, that you're a, a Gwailgar. Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't go as far as Gwailgar, but um, 
I, I did. I felt a lot more kind of welcome there. <laughs> I didn't do. I just thought it was. Uh, yeah. I thought it was great. And then also our Farron T or the guy who owns the uh, owns the B and B that we're staying in in Dingle. Um, he was from the Grail Talk as well. Um, and at he couldn't he couldn't shut this guy up at breakfast. He was basically sitting at our table, you know, shouting in Irish at us, having a great time. Um, he was loving that Katie was not from the West but could speak Irish perfectly. He was puzzled by this he's like this is really strange like uh and then katie's like uh be careful like uh with luke because he speaks okay but he understands everything <laughs> so be careful uh be careful <laughs> boy what was he saying he was he was actually he was, he was anyway he was, he was saying things about certain guests that didn't have didn't have the changa didn't have the language oh uh, really but yeah but uh yeah anyway um so i had a great little time out there um went to a place called Derry nan beach Absolutely fabulous. It could have been Thailand. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um. I, another artist, uh, Owen O'Connor, that I follow on Instagram, um, is like. Yeah, I know Owen. Yeah. Yeah, he's down there. Uh, in the same beach. We could have. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I did. I saw him actually posted a picture. Yeah. Owen. Owen promised me come on the podcast. So Owen, if you're listening, we we'll could get you on soon. Imagine if we done a shark pod from the from the beach. How after that? We be? could have solved that guest problem that we had <laughs> yeah exactly um okay so that was great had a great time i was there for probably eight days or something like that went to cork never been to cork before it was great um we passed by uh, uh clan Kilty as well so uh, jennifer if you're listening uh west cork is gorgeous as well so yeah it was great great time um five then, stars I'm, I, I'm going there next one so yeah it was fab um the it was a little bit I think it would have been better, obviously, if it wasn't all the COVID stuff. Um, just because, you know, like when you were going out for, like, even in Dingle. Dingle's, you know, a great town for music, all that type of stuff. It was completely dead. Like, you, like the restaurants were open, but you couldn't go for a drink beforehand or, you know, there was no, the atmosphere was it was pretty flat. Um, but it was yeah. nice. Uh, anyway, to get away, um, to all that type of stuff. We went out to the Blasket Islands. That was kind of a cool trip. If anyone's ever out there that way, it's kind of a cool, um, cool kind of history lesson that goes out. There's a, a woman there whose family is like from the island because it's abandoned now. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, she kind of brings you around and stuff. If you if you ever read that book by Peg Sayers, um, it's it's when it was the old Irish one that everyone hated. Um, she lived there anyway, so it was good. <laughs> I stepped in on a lot of sheep poo out there, guys. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> We've got we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger lined up. Okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's got this stuff on YouTube. It's like uh, you know six. So like he's got three or four of these different videos, and sometimes it's five rules of success. Sometimes it's six. Sometimes it's just you know, him talking about Muhammad Ali. He, he, the man has earned the right to ramble. You know, um, the reason why I think this Arnold Schwarzenegger has always been a kind of an inspiration to me when I was growing up. Uh, this this is themes that we've gone through many times. There's no kind of father figure at home. I'm looking for some sort of male role model. Um, and <laughs> basically most of them turn out to be action heroes or something like that. <laughs> you know? um, and it didn't help that uh, my sister married Mark Baker as well. He was kind of like, you know, we both we both started lifting weights and stuff when we were teenagers. Um, you got me the, the encyclopedia of bodybuilding from Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is still... An amazing book. It's like mm. it's it's the very base for anyone who wants to start lifting weights and stuff like that. Like I know some of the, maybe some of the methods are outdated now, or some of the equipment is bro science. Yeah, there's a lot of bro science in there, but 
I think that a lot of the bro science becomes science eventually. Do you like it? It's it's Arnie's blind ambition and just pure motivation that that kind of got him to where he is now, and it's it's evident from that book. A lot of what he says, you know, isn't necessarily based on science. And he, if he had believed how hard it would have been to get to, to where he was on, on the bodybuilding side, he probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have started or wouldn't have tried as hard. Exactly. So the this guy, he's guy, he's born in the middle of nowhere, Graz, um, in, uh, in Austria, and becomes like, he just has this vision to go off and do these crazy things. His mom and dad want him to just stay in Graz and become a policeman and just have this normal life. Um, but then he goes off, like, goes to America, goes to America, becomes Mr. Olympia, um, becomes uh, the, the big, the, the most, the biggest paid um, uh, film star in the world, marries a Kennedy, becomes the governor of California, and then has a love child with his, uh, with his uh, mistress or whatever, or the, the nanny. So, I mean, great man, not a great husband, but we'll, uh, we'll, we're going to focus on the positive here today. Like, I don't know if there's an, someone else out there who, for me, has that type of um, that type of uh, success record, right? He's been successful in lots of different things, and I think that's what that really attracts me to people when they're not just successful in one in one thing, mm-hmm. when they can do different things. Um, and if anybody probably the Rock, the Rock is probably <laughs> quite similar to him. Do you know what about the Rock? Right, I love love the you know the, love the Rock, love all like. A lot of his movies, all that type of stuff. I was a big fan of The Rock when I was a child, watching uh, wrestling, all that type of stuff. The Rock, you know, especially at the beginning of May, end of April, when the world was kind of ending with the COVID stuff. And then he started off one of his posts about, you know, it's terrible, everyone's in lockdown. And then it kind of panned out to him. And then he tried to sell you tequila. He's like, you know, nothing better than drink tequila with your friend or with your loved ones in your house and i'm like dude you're a psychopath that's a crazy segue <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? i think there's a touch there's a touch of uh sociopathic tendencies to, to all these uber successful people the actual the absolute and uber, we'll just uber forget mensch. uber mensch okay so listen we've got this lined up for you like we did with the uh, matthew mcconaughey stuff so me and mark are going to do do some riffing on some of these rules see if it's something that we uh, we agree with see if it's something that we need to maybe dig in a little bit deeper out there for shark nation and um, the kind of takeaways here is just to you know if you're looking to do anything in life uh, and be successful or or you know achieve a goal i don't think you can do much better than um kind of learning from someone like aaron schwarzenegger um uh, there's two suggestions I was I would make. One for anyone out there who has got to their age in life and has not seen pumping iron, stop what you're doing, pause the tape, and go. It's on YouTube. Go watch the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. It's the best <laughs> documentary, quote unquote, <laughs> um, <laughs> that I that I've ever seen. I, I've watched I've watched that so many times. It's it's fabulous. Anyway, so go do that. The second ask would be to uh, read Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, Total Recall. It is the most amazing story. It's almost unbelievable that someone could do all this in one life, and he's still going. Like, the guy is thinking so big so early, which I love. Do you know he was a, a multimillionaire before he made a movie? He was, a, like... True, you know, true, true what? Yeah. Selling... Uh, he, had a construction sell- com- he had a construction company. He had a... Mm. A mail order business selling. Do you know that great picture of him in the uh, 
in he's got like something over his head that's keeping his arms straight when he's doing his curls. <laughs> Do you know that one? Where like the straps across <laughs> his chest and everything. It's it's a great picture. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so just selling stuff in magazines. Um so he had that. He also invested heavily in uh, a place called Venice Beach back in the day when no one wanted to buy there. Um, you know, and the rest is history there. He also had some big misses as well that don't really don't really count. And that's something that we said in the said in the podcast before. Like it's so strange how you never hear Katie Taylor being announced as uh Olympic loser. Katie Taylor. <laughs> only the wins stick. Mm. She lost last time. And no one cares. Mm. You know, only the wins matter. So um like for instance he bought a, a huge piece of land out in out in California in the middle of nowhere um to build a Concord airport. Yeah, obviously that didn't work. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> he didn't know that Concord were going to go out of business or whatever, but my point is he's thinking big um and he's doing big. Like some of the some of the some of the things in the book you're like I can't believe you're he's there at all these different points in history you know what i mean so you know when a lot of things he he, he he's done have been quite different completely you different. know what i mean he bodybuilding and acting is completely different and he just gave it a shot uh, and he, he started a construction business but was a franco colombo yeah and none of them had ever done any construction before in their lives they yeah they blagged it probably not the best thing to do or or legal but especially when you're building roofs it's yeah. It does sound like, but like, I think it's, it just goes to show like in America, you can just go out and do, do it. It's maybe not just, maybe America's the wrong way there. Although America's, I think personally, whatever anyone says about America, I still think that's the best place to do it. America, Canada, that North America thing. But I think it's just being an immigrant somewhere, starting from scratch. His, his inspiration was coming from Hollywood movies and magazines. And now you have, you know, unlimited amount of inspiration. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't have the leverage that we have now with the internet and all that type of stuff. He just had magazines. It's crazy. Mm. Um, so we'll we'll plow ahead. But it, yeah, so I would think that if anybody wants a good read, it's about, it's pretty big. One. It's like 400 pages or something, 500 maybe. Um, but it's really, really interesting. It goes throughout the whole thing. Um, one of the points, like just to show how ingrained he was with American culture, like uh, Hyannis Point, which is where the Kennedy compound is. Like he was there in the compound when JFK Jr. Uh, was killed in that cl- plane crash. You know, the biggest thing of that decade in America, and he's there with the family. It's just, how did he How did he do this? Like, um, He never leaves the house with less mm. than $1,000 in his wallet, and he says everyone should do that. So I think he's a little bit disconnected. <laughs> but... <laughs> I bet The Rock also says that. <laughs> yeah. I never go anywhere with le- less than $1,000 cash. That seems like a lot never to go anywhere. Like, when you go, I go to the gym, I've got a thousand on me the whole time just in case I need it. I'm like, okay. Especially now, when, you know, everybody only takes card now. Yeah. He, uh, anyway, let's do this. Let's do this, okay? So, number one, we're going to talk about vision. Success is to have a vision. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. It's like you can have the best ship in the world, you can have the best airplane in the world. If the pilot or the captain doesn't know where to go, it would just drift around. It would not end up anywhere or most likely in the wrong place. I couldn't see myself becoming a farmer or a worker in a factory or anything like that. Even though my parents wanted me to stay there, 
and have a normal life. My father wanted me to become a police officer like he was. My mother wanted me just to stay there and marry a girl with the name of Heidi, hopefully, and have a bunch of kids and run around like the Van Trapp family in The Sound of Music. But that was their vision, not mine. My vision was totally different. I felt that I was born for something special, for something unique, for something big. Mark Baker, vision, something that is lacking in 99% of people's lives, I think. And that's not a criticism. I'm just saying it's something that we should be teaching our kids about. You know, what do you think about vision? Yeah, vision's probably hand in hand with belief. It's the same thing. People are afraid to think big because they think it's not possible. They don't believe it's possible. So it's probably like, what's the point? So vision is different for, for everybody as well. I think long term, you should have short term and long term. He obviously had a big long term vision and it was huge. Yeah. And then he he had probably smaller visions, you know, like, you know, become a bodybuilder, then the construction thing, then the property thing. And then oh, would, would probably his goal, may, maybe maybe it was to be the governor um, or president of America if he was allowed. But he, he wanted bigger and bigger every time. So it's like when he achieved one thing, he was on to the next or was did he have one ultimate vision? I don't know. In, t- in Total Recall, in the book, does he talk about an ultimate vision that he had? He, and did he just take the steps to get there? He talks about running around a... Uh, like when he was like 15, he used to go running around this lake that uh, that was near Gratz that I passed on a, on a train once. And I was such a weirdo. I was like looking at him I'm like, is that where he ran around? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the... Yeah, so what he's saying is that he, and we have another clip here where he goes into a little bit more detail, but he was saying that you've got to have a a vision, not just because, not just because, okay, you know, you got to know where you're going, but because it's, it it just keeps you on the path towards that. Mm. And it makes you just go, well, well, nothing else matters. Like, so say if you, say if you want to be the best uh, bodybuilder in the world, um, that that's your vision you're thinking about that all the time and you have to be like maybe not realistic is the wrong word but you've got to have you know you've got to be six foot two in german um if you're going to do that or maybe a different uh a different way genetically um there has to be so that's a you know spark but my point here is as long as you've got that long-term vision and you're working towards it every day i think that's that's something that almost nobody has and it would keep you so focused so say if your if your vision is to uh, build a, a sol- like let's take Jennifer from last last week, she like her vision is to solve this problem for the legal industry. That's a, that's a proper vision to go after. So it doesn't matter if she's doing that from West Cork. It doesn't matter what her peers are doing. You're out of the competition with other people because it doesn't matter. Like anything that they are doing is or their what they think about your progress as long as you're <laughs> going the right direction towards that vision you just have to keep going but most people they don't have that they just go through life and every, I, i'm definitely uh guilty of this as well you know sometimes i stop and i say to myself why am i doing this what's why am i stressed out about this why why do i and it's not just about work it could be about anything but uh mostly with work but like <laughs> the you, you got to kind of pause sometimes and say okay 
what do, where do I want to be in three years with this? And if what you're doing doesn't feed into that, just stop doing it. You, it gives you yourself the permission, right, to, to make decisions like that, right? You don't have to make a decision about everything because you can say to yourself, okay, if, I, if there's a fork in the road, um, if you want to be the director of sales for a company and then you get an offer to go do a really interesting project in another company, that, you know, it's good money now as well, maybe better money than you're on now. But mm. you don't have to make that decision because that's not part of the vision. The vision is that, you know, it, it just gives you that kind of clarity. That's what I think. Anyway. Yeah, I think ha- having a vision is is something that, that the people just, some people don't have. And maybe there should be a, it's something in school or college, or maybe it's separate. And you, you sit down and say, where would you like to be in, in 10 years time? Yeah. Where would you not like to be? Okay, if, maybe it's maybe it's you, you just don't want to be that 50-year-old guy doing that whatever job that is. Well then okay, use that as your as your vision. So how do you avoid that? Yeah. And then it'll it'll manifest itself into something and then stick to that, go for it. If if you pivot, you pivot. But I I would speak to a lot of uh you know, accountants in what I do, candidates and I'd say and they're looking for a job and they're they're looking to move job and they're 30 years of age or 25 years of age, whatever it is. And I'll say, what's your five year, what's your five year plan? You know, do you have any idea? Some have absolutely no idea. Never mind 10 year or where, where they see themselves, you know, at, at 50 or, or 40. They just it's, hadn't thought of it yet. Because <laughs> life, life is tough. You're just kind of thinking, yeah. you know, a couple of steps ahead. And you've got to, it's different when you're, when you're putting out fires or you're just, like when I said, when I was just, when I landed in Canada and, you know, we were almost mm. out of money. The vision is getting the rent paid at that stage. Yeah. But I'm just, when you're kind of settled in, it's interesting to think a little bit long term. I was listening mm. to this uh, other podcast by Tom Bailu. I always get his last name. You know the guy, the the protein bar guy. Um, he, he started Quest. <laughs> no. Shout out to my boy, Tony Quint. No, um, no the guy... He, Him and Arnie. Qu- the They're Qu- two inspirations <laughs> as, as a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, do you know the, the Quest bar guy? Yeah. Tom Bailu, I think his name is. Okay. Yeah, anyway. He had somebody on called uh, Itzler, was his last name, anyway. And he sold marquee jets to to Warren Buffett, you know, really successful guy. And his, his take on the vision thing was more a, a life resume. So it's like, picture yourself when you're 60 and you've got the you've got your resume there. Fill in the bits that you think would be good. It doesn't all have to be about work. It could be how much money you have to pass on. It could be how, what mountains you want you you've climbed. If that's what you're into, do you like how I? Mm. I think people would would benefit from that because people, especially in sales, everyone's living month to month and their happiness is based on that. But imagine if mm. you had a long term vision and you had, you know, I know people who are really talented salespeople or whatever and they have three bad months in a row and they're questioning what they're doing with their lives do you know what i mean and that can happen to anybody um yeah so it's it's something to keep in mind um, they're putting a lot of their their own self-worth and value into the something that's a month by month basis which is tough yeah like i like i was about to give an absolute piece of my mind to somebody recently a real, and I know when you've thought about it in your mind, I'm like, okay, and then if they come back with this, I'm going to hit them with it, do you know? Um, but then I decided not to, because it doesn't help in where I'm going. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to build the biggest CRM reseller network in Europe. That's my vision. That's what I'm doing. Get, getting into a you know a one-upsmanship with somebody it's not going to help at all. You know, it doesn't help. In fact, I might need, need that person later on. Do you know, for to achieve that vision. Okay, number two. I went to college. Some I went time and worked out five hours a day, and I was working on construction because in those days in bodybuilding there was no money. We didn't. I didn't have the money for food supplements or anything, so I had to go to work. So I worked on construction. I went to college. I worked out in the gym and at night from eight o'clock at night to twelve midnight. I went to acting class four times a week. So I did all of that. There was not one single minute that I wasted. And this is why I'm standing here today. With the age of 20, I went to London and I won the Mr. Universe contest as the youngest Mr. Universe ever. And it was because I had a goal. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. 74% hate their job in America. The majority of people don't like what they're doing because they're really not doing it because they didn't have a goal and they followed this goal. They just aimlessly drift around and then all of a sudden there's a job opening so they get the job because you have to work. But then when you work, it's a chore. It's work. It's not fun. So if you think about only a quarter of the people really enjoy what they're doing in life. So people always ask me, when they saw me in the gym in the pumping iron days, they said, why is it that you're working out so hard? Five hours a day, six hours a day, and you have always a smile on your face. The others are working out just as hard as you do, and they look sour in the face. Why is that? And I told people all the time, I said, because to me, I'm shooting for a goal. In front of me is the Mr. Universe title. So every rep that I do gets me closer to accomplishing that goal, to make this goal, this vision turn into reality. Every single set that I do, every repetition, every weight that I lift will get me a step closer to turn this goal into reality. So I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound squat. I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound bench press. I couldn't wait to do another 2,000 reps of sit-ups. I couldn't wait for the next exercise. So let me tell you something, visualizing your goal and going after it makes it fun. You've got to have a purpose no matter what you do in life. You've got to have a purpose. So he is talking about there making it fun. and It's only fun if it has a goal in the end. If the goal is just, I think, this is, I was thinking about this recently. I think that financial goals are the worst goals. Like, to, it's, it's not, so once you have, have enough, you have enough. And then you start to turn into Scrooge McDuck, counting your ducats. And every month you put another ducat on top. You know, I'm, I'm talking about a very sp- specific scene in, uh, a Mickey's Christmas Carol, but the do you know what you know what I mean? Like you're, you're just Mark's laughing because we watch that in the Curry household every Christmas Eve. So um, 
what my point is there with the Scrooge McDuck, no one respects him, even though he has the most money. He's just been a hoarder of it, you know? Yeah, but he, he's attached so much of his his own value to the money. It now it then becomes a game of I can't lose it. I need to make yeah. the money at all costs, and yeah. that cost is, you know, Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Bob, Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Put an old lump of coal in the fire there, Bob. No, um, no, it's. But you know what I mean. Like, and then and then he's a miser, and then he loses all his his personal relationships. So yeah, you're right. It, financial shouldn't shouldn't be really uh, like financial in that way. Like no one. Say if you were just the best saver, you've been saving since you're 14 when you start working or whatever, and you've got, you know, you saved up a million, right? Does anyone want to get you on a podcast? Are you very interesting? You've probably never done anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, people yeah. don't care. If you, if, if, if you had started something, you had a vision to end homelessness, and you are dead broke, but you've made a, de- a, a dent in that, in that problem that's facing society. People want to talk to you. People respect you for that. Mm. Do you like it, right? I just think when people, like starting something new, a lot of entrepreneurs, they do a lot of interviews and stuff like that. I always think it's it's funny how interested people are in entrepreneurship and how little people go out and start their own business. Do you ever, what the, what's that about? The interest is, I think the interest is in the risk People can't fathom how people, how others can take the risks that they're unwilling to take. Is that because when you look at some of these interviews on YouTube and stuff, these guys who are not just like they have good businesses, they're not even crazy like Zuckerbergs or whatever, but they're, you know, they're, they've done, (laughs) they've done well. And there's whatever, 16 million views. You think that's 16 million entrepreneurs watching that? But why are they watching it? Why does it apply to them? I'm not having to go with them, but I'm saying it's a very interesting thing that we're all very, we're all very interested. If we're in business, we're way more interested in if someone says they're the VP of uh, technology at a company, or they some like Jennifer last week who's just getting started. I want to talk to Jennifer. She's she's mm. she's gone all in. That's maybe that's what it is. Yeah, we're we're kind of excited about that. Maybe it's because people know how the the others are thinking and, and they don't know how the entrepreneurs are thinking and that's what's so fascinating they're trying to get in, into their minds and understand the decision what made why they chose a different path because it is a different path um and i know why i chose mine was because i don't like being told what to do yeah <laughs> and I, I couldn't be an employee any longer uh, i know i had goals and, and ideas and i wanted to implement them but i think with with, with arnie he has the vision and then he understands the the vision gives him direction. So he understands then it's only a case of reps. He's talking about reps. He's equating it back, I think, to bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is very, very simple science. Yeah. The real science, not bro science. And you do a certain amount of reps, a certain amount of resistance, and your muscle gets damaged and repairs itself and you, you fill it with, you know, protein that grows bigger. And you become That's probably a, not right. You become, something like that. You become obsessed, don't you? Just to see how because far you, you can see push the it. results quite gradually, and it's 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 quite evident. And then he's obviously used that, and he's he's seen how successful he could be there. And he just he tries to apply then what steps are involved to becoming an actor. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll do the acting classes, and I don't mind doing them because I know 
it's actually not a waste of time. It's it's filling he's filling up every single hour of his day. Something that I try to do, and I probably probably shouldn't. Um, he also doesn't sleep much. Yeah, what does he say? We'll get just to sleep that. faster. <laughs> but it's he gets he gets six hours, but he just sleeps faster. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. So it's kind of like <clears throat> I love the idea that you can if you just think about the reps and if you think that there's no risk in there's no risk in doing the reps like no one's going to stop you from doing that there's no de- no he's, one on, he's, there's no one on defense don't stop you yeah. from being the the best actor in the world you can do it just with reps that's what he believed that's what even if that w- seemed to be the case but you know it's yeah he's also alleviating risk monetary risk by putting the work in and still actually having a job so yes. he's he's educating himself he's following a goal he's getting money in yeah how that's a really interesting thing you picked up on there how many people are trying to be uh, professional surfers living in their van you know instead of i know they're going all in and stuff like that but there's some practicalities there that he was taking care of and then imagine Mm. how imagine going to those uh those uh acting what are they not interviews what are they called um audition audition yeah yeah when he goes to the audition imagine if they're like uh, everyone else in the audition not only are they not 167 pounds um but they are i know exactly what the weight was so anyway, but, <laughs> uh, doesn't anyway. seem that heavy actually not really well back then it was more kind of aesthetic but hey anyway, um imagine going to those auditions and then you know that you're already a millionaire yeah. And see, he, for, for some people, it will be you get one chance because if you don't do it this time, you're broke, you go broke and you lose everything. If you do it properly and put the reps in and make sure everything is covered as much as possible, it allows you to take a few different chances, you know, because it might, you might work the first time. Yeah. You might have, it might take you five years, not, not the one year that you gave yourself. Yeah. Because you went all in. And Go all in and do everything. <laughs> yeah, be like the rock. Just do everything. Uh, no. yeah. So I like. Here's a quick anecdote from the book that he. It's it's not on our soundboard today, but you know he wanted to be after he was a, you know the Terminator, and he was getting. I think he was getting twenty million dollars a, uh, a picture, which back then doesn't. That's probably not that much right now, is it? I don't know, but no, back it's, then it's yeah. This is the eighties. This is a lot of money, so. He he had a new vision. He thought he wanted to be the most successful comedic actor in the world. And they're like, you're not funny at all. You barely, barely have any lines. Do you know what I mean? This is before kindergarten kindergarten cop and the hilarity that ensued in that. But um, it's one of my favorites. I watched it the other week. Yeah, so good still. Holds up. That was actually filmed mm. in a BC near where they used to live. Anyway, but my point is here. He went in and he said he wants to make twins. That was his first one with Danny DeVito. And oh, yeah. He went in and they said, Arnold, we've got a stack of Terminator sequels to do. You know, this is not, stay in your lane, you know? And he said, no, you know, I want to do this. And they go, okay, uh, we can do it, but we're going to give you $5 because it's going to be a flop. You're not going to get $20 million for this. Then he said, why don't you give me no money and just give me uh, a cut of the, the back end? Give me a cut of the profits. And the rest is history. He made more money off Twins than any movie he's ever done really at the time i think he might have made more now and then he went on to make you know other great movies um last action hero another comedy um jingle all the way come on 
Also, also different. Yeah, uh, he, he he did superhero one, wasn't he in Batman and yeah, End of Days and kind of psychological thrillers. He got like he's done it. Like my point is, mm. he bets on himself as well. So he say, okay, you think it's going to be a flop? Okay, well I won't take any money, but it's going to cost you more. Mm. I think he made a hundred million dollars from that. Wow, something like that. Spent it on a Concorde airport. So it's not all going to be home runs. That's another thing. Never took, never took off. Never took off. <laughs> you son of a son of a gun. Okay, here, let's move on. We break the rules. We have so many rules in life about everything. I say break the rules, not the law, but break the rules. It is impossible to be a maverick or a true original if you're too well behaved and not want to break the rules. You have to think outside the box. That's what I believe after all. What is the point of being on this earth if all you want to do is be liked by everyone and avoid trouble? The only way that I ever got any place was by breaking some of the rules. I love this one. I love the idea of telling people to break the rules. There's a few rules out there that I've broken on the way. Um, I don't call it breaking the rules. My thing is skipping the queue. How do we skip the queue? If there's ever, if you ever find yourself in a situation where there's a lot of people ahead of you for a job, that know those type of jobs where it's like, oh, you know, mm. I'll be waiting a long time if I want to be manager here. How can you skip the queue? You know. Yeah, everybody gravitates towards the kind of where the herd where the herd is going, and it's. I don't know if that's a primal thing. It probably is a primal thing. I know tribal. we didn't travel in herds, tribal thing. Yeah. But what if you if you can actually teach yourself? That's that'd be a great thing to be able to. Even if it was, you get hypnotized to 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 think outside the box to always look to skip the queue at all costs, as long as it's not illegal. Yeah. Or 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 the 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 legal ramifications aren't, you know, you know, material. So, like I was I was at the we were at the zoo one time, and there was an absolutely huge queue. You know, there's a few different ways you can kind of go into Dublin Zoo. Yeah. And there was an absolutely massive queue roasting out. And I don't know why I was in the kind of a, a mood where I just, I'll just, I'll just see what it's like at the top. And I just said, right, I'll go all the way to the top, left the family at the back. And I just, I started to see like, there was a, there was a space where pe- only a few people were trickling into. And it wasn't part of the other queue. So I just said to everybody else, like, let's come on. And we, we honestly skipped about a half an hour queue and walked straight in. It's, it's such a great metaphor because <laughs> mm. those side entrances are all over the place. All yeah. over the and, place. And then I said, look, I'll go in and feed the, the lions myself. I, and they said, <laughs> maybe don't skip that queue. Yeah. Well, you got to get get your, <laughs> get, earn your stripes there uh, on that one. But the like, there's a few things that I've done as well where, like when I was younger, I used to bend the rules more maybe than I would now, maybe because I've got more to lose. But um, for instance, I it's because of the Arnold Schwarzenegger book, I spent a lot of time in gyms and we talked about the how you kind of get obsessed with the growing because it's you see that it's working. Very few things in life that you can actually see your effort gives you stuff instantly, right? And the mark never really stopped me. It went up to 118 kilos. Just the swollen creatine face. And you're just like, you're just <laughs> egging me on. <laughs> just just, just went past the line and uh, there's a picture of me trying to play football and it's absolutely like, I look ridiculous out there. Um, but anyway, so the my my point is there. Yeah, so I knew I I knew a lot about uh, exercising, and I knew a lot about sports. I'd been 
you know, playing sports all my life and that type of thing. Um, so I wanted to work in a, a gymnasium. But at the time, they didn't... Uh, I hope this isn't, isn't illegal now. I didn't actually do... <laughs> Jesus, maybe I shouldn't take this. <laughs> oh, it was locked up. There's got to be some you sort can, of... There's got to be some sort of... Uh, uh, you can paste over the, the serious uh, bits. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. The risky bits. Yeah, so they. I went in and tr- tried to get a job as a fitness instructor. And they're like, oh, do you have any qualifications? I went, yeah, sure. And then they never asked me for them. Um, so, you know... I kind of skipped the queue and one of my friends was training to be a, a personal tra- trainer in college and he was really annoyed at me because <laughs> I just went in and got the job and I, I did so well that they promoted me. I was, I guess, like the assistant manager out in another branch. I did really well because I knew I could do it. So I skipped the queue not because I was, I could actually, I knew I could do the job. That was the point, you know? So, so was that during was that during summer or was it a part time job? It was a full time job during the summer. It was a full time job during college. During college, <laughs> yeah, I think Look, it was the first needed, year. In college. You needed that. You didn't. Do, you didn't do much in that job anyway. So I heard you said someone once walked in and you, and you had your feet on the table listening to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, the new uh, album Magic had come out. It was a great album, and uh, they had, they gave me an office uh, in this particular place, and um, I, like. <laughs> All these people who had been, I was about 20, I was less than 20 because I was in first year of college, I was 19 or something. Um, and I was like, you know, telling these people what they're going to do um, for classes and stuff like that. And I, I made my, my class uh, schedule quite light because I was making, it was making them. So um, and was that the same year that you wanted to go away somewhere and you, you then left and then you were busking outside? Could have been the same year. <laughs> And the people saw you there busking with somebody. Yeah, it could have been the same. It could have been the same year. I was uh, busking. I don't play an instrument, which is uh, which is tough when you're busking. Let me tell you, uh, I had a bower <laughs> on. Anyway, uh, off off topic there. My point was: Is there any way? Think if the Shark Nation out there, everybody should think about what, how, look at their life, and if they're in some sort of queue, if there's a lot of people there, um, look for an alternative because there's always an alternative. A quick yeah. example of that is. If you were, if you want to be a, a an account executive in a tech company in Ireland, uh, you'll get a hundred grand a year. You'll get more than that if you're really good. In some places, you'll get you can get you know six figures, good good wage. Um, to be a account executive anywhere, uh, usually you'd have to be a, a business development rep beforehand. That's how the the sequence works. So, if I would have wanted to do that in Ireland, I'd have to compete with every you know, with every graduate, you know, coming out of college that will work for almost nothing and that usually take about two years of doing that, uh, that kind of top of funnel, very, you know, jumping on uh, like a hundred calls a day type of <laughs> type of role. Um, you'd be doing that for two years, right? Um, I went to Canada, found a smaller company uh, and started doing BDR and within three months I got promoted to account executive and then when I came back, I went in at that level. So in two years, instead of just being a brand new uh, account executive, mm. when I got to Ireland, I had had almost two years experience doing that and the BDR stuff behind me already. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so that's skipping the queue. Just one example. That's skipping the queue. Yeah. So, right? so keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, Out there. Okay, cool. Let's move on. But yeah. when you start doubting yourself, that's very dangerous. 
because now what you're basically saying is is that if my plan doesn't work I have a fallback plan I have a plan B and that means that you start thinking about plan B and every thought that you put into plan B you're taking away now that thought and that energy from plan A It is very important to understand that we function better if there is no safety net. What do you think about this? This one for me, like I like the idea of burning the boats. Do you know what I mean? And maybe you know, I wanted to get a hang a picture of there's a famous painting of uh, the burning of the what? <laughs> Sorry, go on. The burning of the the boats, and uh, I think it might be Columbus or one of the Hernan Cortez, I believe. That's speaking. who it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we first started our business, I wanted to get that we and uh, oh hang on the wall. I just never got around to it. We should have one hundred percent get that. That could be, yeah, you know, that could be right there beside Bono behind me on the wall, mm. burning the boats. But like, I don't know. This one's a difficult one for me. It's a, it's a, it's the leap that a lot of people are not able to make, and maybe that's the voyeurs that are watching these these interviews of. Um, of entrepreneurs but not doing anything themselves or it could be anything do you think it, do you like it right? yeah but b. like it, it, it's more about not having a plan b per se but how do you make the leap an easier leap from where you are now to where you want to be and the only way you get there was is one is is the goal or the vision then the, the direction the drive which comes from the why you want it it could be a chip on your shoulder. It could be family reasons or whatever. And then how can you kind of build a platform to dive off? <laughs> There's a lot of analogies <laughs> yeah. here. So you don't okay, get so eaten by other sharks. Are you in the Speedos at, the, at this date? Oh, sorry, go on. Because <laughs> um, that's what he was doing. You know, he, he didn't necessarily have a plan B. He knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. But he was doing everything it could, he could possibly do to make it achievable rather than just taking a random leap. Because I know I'm going back to Jennifer a lot because she's kind of like top of mind. She was there last week, but yeah, it's like at one stage, I don't know, I can't remember exactly who said it to her, some investor or maybe someone at the accelerator accelerator that she was in. I remember they said something like, are you still working as well? And that was the kind of thing where she goes, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not all in here. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a book by... Um, by I forget his first name. Uh, Talib, know you man? The the kind of black swan guy. Oh yeah, yeah. What's his first name now? I forget his name. Nassim, is it? Nassim Talib. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got it on audiobook. Uh, I got it on Audible. Um, you guys can go to Audible and get it for free. In the link below. But um, <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, but he he talks about he has another book called um, Skin in the Game, um, and that's it's really interesting, like how he talks about. You know, when you're watching the news and they have all these people on that are so there some professor might be talking about a vaccine and kind of poo pooing the idea. Some you know, he's he's the head of biology in the University of South Norwich. He doesn't have skin in the game. We shouldn't listen to him. What mm-hmm. does he have he's he can be wrong and nothing happens. Do you know what I mean? And he talks about how he only invests in companies and stuff like that where the the founder has mortgaged the house. I got to make it work. I mean, there's no plan B there. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. another thing that people think with startups, whether it's um, you know any any kind of business that, that has an investor or some sort of seed capital off somebody else, they think, especially the tech startups, they think they, oh, they, they got a million, you know, or they got half a million to do this. But they also had to put skin and they had to put some money in themselves, the founders. Yeah. Found, founders don't just get cash yeah. for free and the, all the risk is on the investor. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. At least not that I know of. <laughs> no. And well you have to put skin in the game. Exactly. Whether that's you've you've quit your job for three years and you're not taking you haven't taken a, a pay or salary for that time or something. That could be skin you might be flat broke and you need the cash investment. But at least they know there's no it's not a part time thing. Do you know what I mean? No one wants to invest in part timers. Or as yeah. uh as uh, what's your man? I'm not good at names today, guys. But uh, the guy, uh, <laughs> not Eamon, not Eamon Dunphy. The, what's the guy? He has kind of a potato head on RT. He used to. He's gone now. You froze on me there. What's his name? The guy who used to be on the RT panel for football. Eamon uh, Dunphy. Johnny Giles. <laughs> Johnny Giles. One or the other. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. So Johnny Giles, he always talks about this idea of sunshine boys. Okay. And how he doesn't want them in his team. There's a lot of sunshine boys out there. And and what does that mean? It, it means, you know, they want to play when the weather's good. They're not wartime oh, okay. players. When their back's against the wall, they don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. How many people have you worked with in your in your career who are sunshine players who are just like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here just because it kind of suits. I'm not all in or anything on this job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not very inspiring. Yeah. You know? So anyway, mm. that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about burn the votes. I love the idea of that Hernan, Hernan Cortez thing. Uh, I might get that tattooed. <laughs> I'm gonna get some fucking ink. <laughs> Where that came from? Three, I'm telling you, I've never ever had a plan B. I say I made a full commitment that I'm gonna go and be a bodybuilding champion. I made a full commitment that I'm gonna be in America. I made a full commitment that I'm gonna get in the show business and I'm going to be a leading man. No matter what it takes, I will do the work. I will do the work over and over and over until I get it. And the same was in politics and everything like that. So to me, it is very dangerous to have a plan B because you're cutting yourself off from the chance of really succeeding. And the reason, one of the main reasons why people want to have a plan B is because they have worried about failing. What is if I fail, then I don't have anything else? Well, let me tell you something. Don't be afraid of failing because there's nothing wrong with failing. You have to fail in order to climb that ladder. There's no one that doesn't fail. Michael Jordan said in one of his interviews, when they said, you are unbelievable. You're the greatest basketball player of all times. I mean, tell me about that. And he says, well, you're just mentioning the successes. But he says, for me to become the greatest basketball player, I missed 9,000 shots when I was playing basketball at the NBA games. So during these games that he was so successful, he missed 9,000 shots. Does it make him a failure? No. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all times, but he failed 9,000 times. Do you get it? We all fail. It's okay. 
interesting one here as well. So we kind of, you kind of talked about the plan B there, but kind of went on to to talk about you know that fear of failure that people have. Really nice uh, allusion he made to uh, Michael Jordan there missing nine thousand times again. No one's talking about those. Joe, he's only got. Well, a I, I watched I watched the last dance and it looked like he only missed about three shots. Yeah, well, you know, some clever editing there, and that we're not <laughs> we're not mad at at the shark pot, but. The idea of of failing is so like I want to know what what is the what's the driver there because you know for most things it doesn't really matter you can go on the dole if you fail or maybe you can't if you're uh, self employed but you know you, you can deliver Uber Eats until you get back on your feet yeah what's the what why why do people why are they so shame I think it's shame more than a lack of more than kind of hitting the hitting the bottom and not being able to come back, I think it's probably the shame and the fear of the exclusion from the tribe. Again, coming back to tribal stuff, I imagine that's that's really where it comes from, as opposed to the fear of not being able to do it again. It's it's a shame of failing. It's it's a weird shame. Is it? Mm. It shouldn't be. Like I know, like this 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 people, like there's one person uh, not at HubSpot and one of the other big tech people companies that i know and they had the opportunity to do something completely new you know in the business great opportunity you know huge growth opportunity for their career for you know eventually money all that type of stuff and they wouldn't take it because they don't know if it's gonna work or not and i was like i said to her like if you if you don't do it what, what's gonna happen oh I'll just continue just being in sales <laughs> and i go why why would you want to do that Oh, you know, I'm good at that. Okay, well, you'll have exactly what you've always had then. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I always want to see what's out, what's next. I always want to see what's next. Do you know? But the why do people failure, why do people not tell their friends and family that they're going for a job interview? Do people do that? Oh yeah, Jesus, all the time. Most people don't tell their friends or fam- family that they're they're doing a job interview wow. in case they fail. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a, a I'm just a mouth, as my mother would say. I'm like telling everybody, <laughs> I'm an open book. <laughs> if I was going for an interview, I'd be like to my boss, I'm like, yeah, I got this interview coming up. It's just, it's tough out there. <laughs> but uh, it's so, a numbers game, though. It's a numbers game out there. But <laughs> so I'm gonna keep the head up now. Um, the so it's an interesting one because if you could imagine, like, uh, I forget, I don't know, it might have been Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it could have been someone else, but. I heard once on a podcast, I'm like, what would you do if you knew that you couldn't fail? Or the Tim Ferriss thing where he's like, you know, eat beans for a week. And then you realize you can eat beans. Like I used to keep a bit like my friend, uh, Amelia at work used to laugh. Cause I would always have a can of beans on my bit desk. And she'd be like, well, you never eat those. And I was like, that's just as a reminder, if I don't, if I lose a deal, I'm just like, just back to the beans, beans on toast. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, so I I don't know. Maybe if you're if you're out there and you're you are, if fear of failure has been a big thing for you, it's been a big thing for I think everybody, you know. But um, for instance, we we were talking about the the Ironman training, um, and the whole thing was we were going to make this training a big part of not a big part, but part of the kind of podcast as well, and do videos and content. And I didn't do it, just in mm. case I couldn't do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> But you were you were putting you were getting results though you're still getting results though I don't know why you you, you wouldn't just do it 
I don't know what I. Do you I, know what? Do you know what? Here's a little thing. I often will do a painting, and I'm not confident at the start how it's gonna turn out. So I'll video clips of of me painting it and take progress pictures, and then when I'm finished the painting, I'll post the first picture of the first progress shot, like because I wasn't confident enough that I was gonna be able to do it right. And you didn't want at the end to be like, actually, this is I'm not gonna put this out. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, and it's yeah. and it's never once happened uh that i well not in a long time probably 10 years where i've actually just gave up on a picture yeah so there you go there you go like like i said the and also this is this is something really interesting that no one this is the kind of the elephant in the room um failures are so interesting mm. like if if you had a business like and you raised a hundred million dollars and or like say say if you're in charge of Lehman Brothers and then five years later you're on a podcast, everyone wants to talk to you. Of course, that's the interesting thing. If it's it's interesting also The Wolf of you, Wall Street. It couldn't have been a better um better example. Um like that was a complete He makes disaster. a living off his his wild well, his wild life, but ultimately ended in a, a series of failures. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, okay, okay, maybe if anyone out there listening, don't try to fail, but don't be afraid. Like, don't mm. don't bet on being able to make a living off that. But like your man, I'd like it's worth probably studying failure or you know reading the book on failure. And then if you're not, you know, failing at something, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, if, if you live your life so carefully that you've never made any mistakes, you've failed by default. Like if you know. There's going to be, I had this another idea for a podcast as well that I might do like some sort of time capsule advice for my future children. Do you know what I mean? So this is what mm. I would suggest for you guys and have like a list of things that we can talk about. I think that'd be good, good for, good for listeners, but also good to, for the kids, you know? Are we going to, are we going to make our kids listen back to all these? Not all of them, but maybe that one. Have you a time, have you a time capsule of, you know? two weeks worth <laughs> yeah, of exactly. audio um i think that might, there might be something in that um and then i said that to katie and katie's like oh that's a great idea but it's why don't you and mark just do that you don't have to make a podcast out of it you don't it doesn't have to be sponsored by audible <laughs> she said <laughs> so maybe we'll, we'll do something like that uh later on three don't three muhammad ali worked his butt off and i saw it firsthand I remember that there was a sports rider that was there in the gym and he was working out and he was doing sit-ups. And they asked him, how many sit-ups do you do? And he said, I don't start counting until it hurts. Now think about that. He doesn't start counting his sit-ups until he feels pain. That's when he starts counting. That is working hard. And so you can't get around the hard work. It doesn't matter who it is. Work your ass off. There is no magic bill. There is no magic out there. You cannot get around. You have to work and work and work. Make sure of this and make sure of that and all that stuff. So it's work. And it drives me crazy when people say that they don't have enough time to go to the gym for 45 minutes a day and work out. 
or they do something for 45 minutes to an hour, they do improve. If it is physically improved or if it is mentally to improve. Imagine you read one hour a day about history. How much you will learn after 365 hours in one year. Think about if you study about the history of musicians, of composers, how much you would know. Imagine if you would work on the business, on some business that you want to develop every day for an hour. Imagine how further along you will go and get. So it drives me nuts because we have, when people say we don't have the time, we have 24 hours a day. We sleep six hours a day. So it gives you still 18 hours. So there's someone shaking their head out here in front to say probably, I don't sleep six hours, I sleep eight hours, right? Or just sleep faster. So we have 18 hours a day. The average person works around eight to 10 hours. So let's assume it's 10 hours. So we have eight hours left. Then you travel around an hour a day, maybe two hours a day. So now you have still six hours left. So Arnie breaking it down for you there on the hard work. This one, like, where well, I'm big on the the four hour work week still yet to be implemented. But like, obviously, I'm very hard working at the job. I put in a lot of hours, that type of stuff. But like, I don't know if that should. That, what do you, I know you're? What, what do you think about that? Is that is that good advice? I think, work, I think work hard and work smart, not one or the other. Okay. Um, because I think if you if you, if you just work smart, you probably won't get too much. You won't, you just won't reach your potential if you're starting off your your life with with the view that I'm just going to work smart for the rest of my life. You have to put in. You have to work hard. You have to batch work at something at some stage yeah. and, and put in. You know, a, a ten hour shift some day. You know, whatever it is. You might as um, well as well because you're around anyway. Sometimes I'm thinking that with what? Uh, yeah, what like. Most people just want, you know, you know, four or five hours a day to themselves to go and do what they like. That's that's it's quite achievable. Yeah. You know, like if you had all day, every day, like I've been off, I've been on, you know, gardening leave and it's, you know, the, the days are long. Yeah, exactly. You can busy yourselves with them, but it's you're kind of like a busy fool at times. But I, I think breaking it down into hour by hour, almost minute by minute, like he's had to do because he was doing so many things. And I could be guilty of that as well. I, I don't think it should be the ultimate goal. I don't think you should be literally trying to fill your day with everything pr- 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 uh, productive. I think that's kind of, also that's not really living. Like it's okay for, for people who are where there's an, there's an input output relationship with, uh, with money or with, you know, with even with status Time and effort. or mm. that type of, that type of thing. But like, I've known people who have quite, steady jobs and then there's going to be whether they do a, a huge amount of work or a, a decent amount of work they're going to get the same money so just putting the, the hard work in so they might get a promotion they get an extra grand or two a year I don't think that's working smart do you know what I mean if there yeah. there has to be a huge upside that's why I love sales that's why I love the kind of the speculative work like I did loads of uh, speculative oh, sorry Excuse coronavirus. Me, coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did loads of speculative work today, as in like, you know, teasing out things that may not work out, deals, that type of thing. Um, but like, so I was working particularly hard. I put in a lot of hours a day. 
but you know there could be a big payoff <laughs> so mm. make sure whatever you're doing there should be a asymmetrical re- relationship to the amount of effort that you put in whether yeah. from what you get out that's something that we don't that's why i think i think like teams team sports are, are obviously good now maybe, maybe that's not a good example like the leaving cert or college you know the amount of time and effort you put in to those tests to yeah. studying if you actually that just proves right i can do that you know if you do well and you actually implement that and you do and you achieve the results and and pass if you apply that to anything else in life when it's whether it's money related or not think of the the results you could get it's uh, i just had this i had a conversation with myself when i was running today um about this about you know i started work when i was like 24 properly like because i was in college until till then uh doing the masters and stuff my masters cost i think so the masters cost thirteen thousand euro the government paid for half it but let's say they didn't so that it'd be thirteen thousand euro plus the year that i'm not getting paid for working full-time say i wasn't my the amount of productivity that i was putting out at that stage of my career wouldn't have been that much let's say if i just had a normal job say 30 grand a year or whatever so that's forty three thousand euro if i took forty three thousand euro and like started a art and hobby um like etsy thing and put Mm. in when i was in when i was doing my masters i was there from eight till eight every day that is insane for for free for no for no money that is insane when i think about it i can't even i'm i'm angry at myself about that do you know what i mean that i couldn't see it Mm. i was too blinded by society and that's that's uh my luke he's doing a doing a masters there do you know that type of way like just being well behaved, not breaking any of the rules. The real rules would be I got a, I got a loan to go to um, to go to uh, do the masters, like because I didn't have any money. So it took me years to pay off that student. It's so stupid, like really, really stupid stuff. Like I should could should have told him I was going to college, take the money and go spend it on horses. It was gone anyway. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was gone anyway, so I could have just gambled it. At least I might. Mm-hmm. I give myself an upside. Um, so I know I'm really going hard on, and it was, it was, you know, a nice year and that sort of stuff. Studying the in the very fancy library and stuff came out. No one gave it. No one, people. In fact, they're they're anti people with 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 masters a lot of the time. So like this, who does this guy think? He well, is? maybe maybe in your line of work, but yeah. in if you didn't know what you wanted to do, you know, it is certainly alleviating a lot of risk going forward. Like it's. You're yeah. you're gonna be okay if you have that in the bank. Yeah, you know? maybe it's easy for me to say. At the time, yeah. the Ireland was collapsing, and I got yeah. a graduate job, and other people didn't. So maybe there is yeah. something in it, Joe. Yeah. But um, I just think if you had forty grand, like, could you double your money doing something, buying uh, used tires, forty grand's worth of used tires, and just selling them on eBay? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> I really fucking I was really annoyed when I was running uh, to thinking about that well then again it's proven to you what you can actually do uh, if you put that amount of effort in so if you can put that in and and actually get no get not a lot of results out of it that you can see uh, you know get those used tires up onto eBay get those used tires up onto eBay uh, you know is there a market for that I don't know there might be (laughs) okay we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up soon I wanna do a couple more which brings me to rule number four, which is don't listen to the naysayers. 
I mean, how many times have you heard that you can't do this and you can't do that and it has never been done before? As a matter of fact, I love it when someone says that never, no one has ever done this before because then when I do it, that means that I'm the first one that has done it. So pay no attention to the people that say it can't be done. Quick one there, but a big one in Ireland, perhaps. Um, a lot of, we're kind of known for the begrudging, for sure, but also for the kind of the, a lot of times there's some naysayers out there. Um, it, it's an interesting one, and it made me think about Arnold Schwarzenegger as someone who sees himself on his own. Mm. He doesn't see himself as part of any group. Do you, do you get that? Like, he's not. Yeah. He hasn't mentioned being part of any particular team or group of friends or people that were you know along with him for the for the ride with the same goal there couldn't be two Arnold Schwarzeneggers no otherwise you know Franco Colombo would have been you know competing against him or would have been getting similar roles or whatever he you became know became a chiropractor which is fine Did he, yeah. but <laughs> rest in peace uh yeah Colombo went this year anyway well there was there was Sylvester Stallone. That that was his competitor. Exactly. But um, and it, with the the naysayer stuff, I, there's one anecdote from his book as well. He talks about when he went into like a lot of the agents turned him down because of his accent. Hmm. They said you never get an accent, and your your name is ridiculous. Like yeah, how how much did you get that in your career with your accent? With my with my up and down accent. <laughs> I think I did actually. We used to talk about in my one-on-ones with my manager in uh, Canada. I used to talk about toning down the Irish, the Irish uh, lilt. In Canada. In Canada, isn't that weird? I don't think you'd be allowed to do that in Ireland. Yeah, actually, be yeah. Less I'd have been <laughs> like Irish charm. No, I'd have been open. Oh, I was a little bit, especially if I was calling someone like with the last name O'Kelly or something. Mm-hmm. They're getting the falcha hospitality over the phone. Let me tell you. Anyway, um, okay, so that was the kind of the naysayers. We've got one more. Three, don't be afraid to fail. Three, don't be afraid to fail. We kind of went through three, that ourselves. Hammering that home. We, we hammered it home there. <laughs> hit it three times there. I just want to make sure that people, maybe that means, don't be afraid to fail. The Arnold Schwarzenegger story might be the name of this podcast. But that's kind of all the stuff I, I wanted to bring up today. There's some more stuff on plan B, but I think, I think that kind of covered it. We're at an hour and 10 here, but I think if the takeaways for this one would be when I was, when I was a child, um, I got a book by Tony Robbins and I forget which one it was, but it was, it talked about modeling, taking this, this people who have already, who are out there, who've already done what you want to do. So although you can't, you know, emulate them completely, there are kind of signposts in there and Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of gives you the keys. It's up to you whether you want to use them. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So some of the, one of my, well, maybe end with what your favorite points were. My favorite points were vision. I love that idea of just being, having vision means, okay, we're going over there. It's leadership. Do you know what I mean? Seeing mm. what's going to happen next, even if you're not, if you can't tell the future. So I really like that one. Um, I like break the rules. My children are going to be rule breakers. That's my thing. I'm like, whatever they want to do, I'm like, okay, so let's sit down. How can we break the rules to skip the queue? I don't want to, I don't want you to get 600 points because it's too hard. What, what, what do you want at the end of that? Okay. You want to get into medicine. Okay. How about this? I'll, you're, you're, you guys are Canadian cause I'm Canadian. 
let's apply as a foreign person. I'll just pay for it. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just skip the queue. Yeah. Just walk in. Yeah. I love that. So skipping the queue and uh and breaking the rules i think that, that, that that's kind of my favorite one what do you think what do you think mark yeah I, I i do like the breaking the rules or we've mentioned it before using an unfair advantage yeah, anything like it. that i think is so impactful and you can actually see results from that quite quickly and quite clearly like there's that famous quote i like from george bernard shaw i'm paraphrasing now but it says the reasonable person man looks at the world and thinks how can i change to fit in and the unreasonable man looks at the world and thinks, how can the world change to fit me? So therefore, the world is shaped by unreasonable people. I just think that's a... And Arnold Schwarzenegger was unreasonable. Love you that. know, Yeah. It's... is Check your life and see if there's a place where you've been re- too reasonable. Like... And if it's because of fa- fear of failure, naysayers, because you're not breaking the rules enough, because you don't have vision... Because you have too much of a plan B, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come after you, you know, <laughs> spiritually. On that bombshell, let's leave it there today. I'd like to thank our special guest, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, you can download his audiobook at Audible, uh, Total Recall. Fabulous read. Really, really good. Um, you get it for free if you download it through our link below. Um, thanks very much, Mark. Uh, I'll leave it there for today. 